Welcome to Foreman of Wolf on Food and Wine. I'm Tony Foreman. <laughs> and I'm Chef Cindy Wolf. And That's Cindy. A strong start, Tony. We're go, Here we're we go. go. That's because we're going to deal with that age old, fascinating, oh my goodness. stressful. People have been asking this for thousands of years, Tony. Eternal question. Eternal. Exactly. Eternal. <laughs> oh, I bet you're wondering. So I bought chicken breasts. Mm. What do I do? Exactly. Because I might cry if someone doesn't give because me a I new think idea. Because I people buy a lot of chicken breasts and there's like, of course they oh, do. I know this one thing. Yep. You know? And like, my family's tired like, of that one thing I, that I always do with them. I can give you great polo milanese. Oh, but I love when you talk like that, Tony. I've never heard that before. <laughs> I, but I, I, I can do that. But if I do it every Tuesday, it's like, oh my gosh. Right. Okay. Right. So we need some new ideas. So it's a good time of the year. There's so many beautiful there's a lot to play fruits with. and vegetables out there. Um, there's a lot to play with. Mm-hmm. So it's funny, and th- this comes because you're working on a menu, and right. you're like, you asked me yesterday, hey, what's yeah. a what what's a nice new yeah, like chicken prep? I, so I need like, some. Oh, it, I need some help. This with is this. only the one thousandth time I've been asked <laughs> well, this question. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> I mean, you know, how long have we been serving chicken breasts yeah. in the restaurants? And it's just like, oh God, please. Let's so I'm, just... I'm, I want to propose a methodology. Okay. For solving this. Mm. The one thing that appeals to you immediately that like you like, I want this part of that dish and then figure out what everything else is that works with that, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So if I say chicken breast, you say. Capers. So give me the whole dish. All right. So it's not something, you know, crazy new, obviously, in any way, but it is so good with chicken and it's so nice and light this time of the year. So just a little light vinaigrette, you know, a, an olive oil. You know, chicken is pretty mild. It's not, you know, pork. It's not lamb. It's not a game bird. It's well, it's the, one of the milder flavored things, which is why so many people like it and also it's inexpensive. One of the questions always in a dish, sorry, I'm getting the, the details straight away. If skin is on that breast. Mm-hmm. You have that fat you can realize in the pan. Sure. And that changes the balance of what you're doing. But please. I think the chicken skin, quite frankly, can be the best part of the chicken. So if you're able to eat it, then, you know, go for it. Um, Tiny capers, the smaller the caper, the more I like them. I think one of the things about working with capers, just remember they're in a brine solution. So take them out, put them in a little sieve and wash them under cold water um, just to rinse them. You're just rinsing them off. You're draining them because you don't really want to serve that brine. It's a little too strong. And um, yeah, just rinse them off in cold water and then let them drain for a minute while you're getting your bowl and your olive oil and you're squeezing your fresh lemon. You can squeeze that through the, you can put the capers in the bowl with the olive oil, squeeze it through that sieve you've already got out and chop chives nice and fine um, and add that to the bowl. So you have capers, chopped chive, fresh lemon juice, and extra virgin olive oil. I'd hit it with a little bit of freshly ground black pepper. You need absolutely no salt in there whatsoever. Well, the capers carry the salt. Exactly. And then, you know, you have this nice little vinaigrette that's, or dressing, whatever you want to call it, or relish that is ready to go. And um, you can either pop that in the refrigerator, just keep it cool while you're cooking your chicken, or you can leave it on the counter. It's not going to hurt it if you're about to use it. Um, And 
you may want it cold because you may want it to feel cold on the palate when you're eating it because it's a hot day. Something that goes beautifully with that vinaigrette are, and we're getting heirloom tomatoes right now. So some nice, thinly sliced, gorgeous, like purple Cherokees or or any of your favorite tomato. It could be a regular red tomato if it's nice and ripe and pretty. Um, but anything, it's always nice to me to have a combination of the different heirlooms because they all have different levels of uh, acid and sugar and, you know, flavor profile can be different. And it's nice to have some green ones and like the the, the uh, green zebras and things like that. So make a mixture, slice them nice and thin, lay them out all over that plate, hit that with a little salt and pepper, a little bit of extra virgin. Not much because you have a vinaigrette you're going to do, but I think you should dress them at least a little bit. And then roast your chicken or saute your chicken or grill your chicken, whatever you prefer. And um, or you could even poach it if that's the, a way that you like it. But I, I in my mind with this dish, I'm grilling the chicken breast with the skin on and getting it nice and crispy and cooking it just right. Ooh, so, I got to tell you, the poached and then like poached with the skin, you know, fat oh, yeah. in it, yeah. in stock, chilled. Next day, very tender, sliced, laid out with that vinaigrette. That would be good. Um, and maybe some, uh, you know, small Yukon gold potatoes or something like that, mm-hmm. sliced under that and more of that oil to absorb some of that vinaigrette as well? Yeah, that would be fun. I love that idea, especially with, I mean, we can get great local potatoes right now too, and they're so good. So, um, but yeah, with a with a poached chicken breast, you know, you can you can poach the legs as well. And, you know, there's just so many things you can do with that. Now you can make a also a cold salad with that as well, you know, a more traditional chicken salad or something. But, you know, we're getting local celery. But anyway, yeah, so that's a fun, that's a fun way to start, I think, and nice and healthy and light. Well, and the, but the tomatoes give you a nice acid to to set off mm-hmm. the vinaigrette too. So, so I'm going to give you a different one to start with because I think I'm curious to see what you'll do with it. Which is okay. How about fresh buffalo milk mozzarella as the first ingredient? As the first ingredient, instead of chicken. No, to go. What you oh, were saying. Chicken. What What's oh. the ingredient you want to work with, oh. and then I'm just going to make wh- a sandwich. How do you make the chicken? Okay. I want nice rosemary oh, focaccia. Yes. You know, I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm going to to grill and and season well almost like a a, a garlicky you know a dried italian herb kind of a seasoning on the chicken breast okay um hmm. and and a little calabrian chili as well and kind of paint that with the with with uh, extra virgin olive oil with the calabrian chili as that's coming off the grill then cool it all the way slice it thin i'm going to render some uh some bacon or maybe guanciale, mm. get it good and crispy. Mm-hmm. And then fat slices of uh, like black crim, the heirloom tomatoes that have a little bit higher acid. I like those better to cut the mozzarella fat. You know, slices of that, slices of the chicken. And just frankly do it cheesy, melty, you know, <laughs> yeah. oh, top to that. Right. And then a, a, a lot of chopped fresh basil, mm-hmm. and a little bit, a little bit more oil. Arugula would be fun in there too. And 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 maybe uh, like Tajaski olives or something like yes, that. That sounds good. Just to give you a little bit of a relish or something on there. Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah, it. it you you give me mozzarella and and the chicken breast. I'm like, nah, I'm making a sandwich. Yeah, Marcelo used to take olives and mix them with dried oregano, olive oil, and red pepper flakes, and I could totally see that on there too. That sounds yeah. good. Yeah, I like the idea of a little, that little bit of spice. All right. Guanciale. Mm. Are you ready? Yes. 
Are you prepared? I am ready always at all times, actually. This is going to be odd. <laughs> okay, I can't wait. An apricot. Oh, good. All right. Yum. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like I, it's, I had an apricot like for breakfast. It's like you trying to scare me with no, an apricot. No, I'm That's just, not I'm scary. Just, I'm, just, uh-huh. I'm just playful. Oh, I love apricots. Okay, so um, I'm going to do apricots and nectarines and peaches uh, because that's the way I am. And do all of those fruits no, together. Nothing exceeds like excess. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, peel them and slice them um, and then have it all laid out everywhere on the plate. And then I'm going to take Vidalia onions that I've sliced thin and grilled and lay them all over. And those will be hot. So the peaches will be obviously just cut and sliced. And um, uh, with that onion all over the place. And then I think a little lemon verbena oil. So I'm saying that because I just got a whole bag of it and I'm growing it as well. So I'm like in the lemon verbena right now. And uh, with that, just puree the lemon verbena in the blender with, uh, I'm going to do corn oil because I want it to be more neutral and uh, a little bit of salt. And then that can go over the fruit and over the chicken well, with you the gotta, onions and the, you next, the apricots. You got to drain that verbena, right? No, once you puree, if no. you have a high-powered blender, you can just blend it into oblivion. It you won't don't be have, fuzzy. Nope, nope, nope. As long as if you don't have, a, you know, sorry, it's a Vita prep. That that's what will get the job done. If you have a blender like that, it'll get the job done. If not, then you should strain it. Yeah, but yeah, that and that's just super simple. But wow, the verbena with the fruit and um, so the, it's Vidalia the fruit, onions, the, verbena, the grilled verbenas, mm-hmm. and the and chicken breast. What have you done with Actually, the chicken no, breast? Actually, no. Let's do a chicken leg this time. I I, I, the I show love is chicken about legs. Chicken breast. Yes. Okay. So if <laughs> it's a chicken breast, um, then we I would definitely pan roast it. So. Full full tilt, make sure that skin is nice and crispy, and um, just cook it in a neutral oil again, which would be corn oil or canola, and lightly salt and pepper it. And because the fruit is so sweet, I don't see putting spices or anything hot on there. I don't think it's necessary. I just think the fruit and the onions and the chicken and that verbena oil would be really great together. It's funny. When you're doing that, of course, like I'm sure that when I'm doing something, you're thinking about, oh, I would have done this. Mm-hmm. So sure, I'm thinking, of course. Oh, I would have made a pretty spicy salsa with the apricots. Oh, that's funny. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. Okay. So uh, the next ingredient, Tony, is okra. Oh, I love okra. Yeah. I don't want to make gumbo, honestly, because that's just like, hmm. I don't know. That's a long time in the kitchen on a, on a at a hot day. time of the sure, year. Sure, sure. You know? um, I do love to fry some okra. And you can pan fry it the same way that you would like chicken fry something, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm gonna take it back. I want to stew the chicken. Okay. And I, I was st- gonna say the good thing about gumbo is once you've made it, you've got it for a couple of days. Yeah, I want to so. st- I want to stew the chicken with with whatever fresh beans are around. So, if it's limas that are coming, or if it's black eyed peas, would be ideal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want to stew the chicken, uh, and and give it a little bit of heat and decent garlic, and plenty of it's. Some broth and some tomato product. Yeah, that that you want us to do that with, so that you have the acid. Well, you can there. use those tomatoes that have gone a little over for that. Yeah, that's a good way to utilize them for sure. That's soups the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I want to. I want. I, I want to come up with a stew that, and you know, the okra will thicken it, which is kind of cool. It's mm-hmm. what they. Uh, it's not everyone's favorite food word, but mucilaginous. Mm-hmm. And and uh, have that. With so, just a little bit of rice. What's your spice in there? Traditional would be to use filet. I'd be I'd be interested in using curry. That would be nice. 
you know. I think that would be kind of a fun. Both are good. And nice, cold, like, fat Riesling from Alsace or something like that mm-hmm. with that dish. Okay. Riesling and gumbo. I like it. Yeah. That's, that sounds good. I a, love okra. That a nice good. simple rice. You don't need, you know, if you've yeah, got no. all that going on, you can make a no, just pretty your, straightforward rice with it. Cindy, mm-hmm. Cindy's uh, famous five-minute rice. Yeah. Onion, butter, shallot, rice, chicken stock, maybe a little salt and pepper. And you could always put a little Tabasco in, but I wouldn't put much in. Yeah, because you've got so much flavor in the gumbo, especially if you've made it spicy. I think a habanero wood in there would be nice. Habanero would that be would nice be delicious. Yeah. And also poblano peppers are coming in, and that would be fun in there, too, just to have your pepper in there, it which kinda, is pretty would, traditional would, in gumbo. It would kind of dominate, but, mm. you know, habanero gives you a high note. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's nice. uh, poblano is kind of like a really noisy tenor in that chorus. Okay, maestro. You are supposed to give me something I'm, I'm supposed to be working with. I'm going to give with. you something you're supposed to work with. <laughs> All right, Cindy. Be like that. Walnuts. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love walnuts. I do too, but I didn't expect and Okay, the chicken oil, and walnuts. And when All you right. toast um, them and they offset things. Stop, it's my product. God. Okay, so <laughs> walnuts. Um, well, I love walnuts. All right, so obviously we have to toast them. Even if we don't do anything else to them, they need to be toasted beautifully in the oven on a sheet pan on parchment paper um, at probably mm-hmm. 300 degrees is safe. Um, probably non-convected oven is even better. Keep an eye on them. Move them around on the pan while you're roasting them so that they don't become unevenly roasted. Mm-hmm. And it only takes a couple minutes. So how does one know that they have been roasted and get them off that pan? Well, they'll smell good, and um, they will be a little bit darker than they were, but not too dark. And that's pretty much it. You know, yeah. you and they will crisp up after they cool down. Yeah, you'll see a little bit of oil on the surface of them when mm-hmm. they're. And you and you do, as you sort of alluded to, you do want to take them off that pan immediately because they will continue to cook on that pan, um, especially at 300 degrees. So put them on something cool, lay them out where they can cool down nicely, and and then um, I'm going to crush them once they're cool. It's unkind. Yes. Well, that's the way I am. And then so crush them, and um, I'm going to get out sesame seeds. Uh, both white and black sesame seeds Curious. as well. And I am going to make a batter with that, which is a batter with um, all-purpose flour, uh, sparkling water, baking powder, baking soda, salt, and pepper. And I'll add the sesame seeds to that. So it's going to be like a triple whammy because I'm also going to put some poppy seeds in there. So if we're going to do nuts, we're going to do seeds, and um, we're going to do greens. And I think what would be very, very fun is to do wilted kale with a little bit of, uh, we say lardon, but large pieces of bacon that have been cooked off until it's nice and crispy, but not too crispy. Reserve the fat. So what we can do is we can put that that, uh, bacon fat in the pan, the lardons back in. I'm assuming you're doing your mise en place ahead of time, and then you're putting it all together when you go to serve. So uh, bacon in the bacon fat, bacon in the pan. Add the uh, I would chiffonade the um, greens, and uh, you really don't need any salt. You do need a little bit of pepper, and just wilt them nicely in there, and serve. Uh, have the crushed walnuts in the pan right at the very end. Mix it all together, and then serve that uh, battered fried piece of chicken with that. That would be really fun and good. I'm just trying to think. It's, that's a wild wine match. Hmm. That that very definitely. I've got to think about that for a minute. Okay. That's interesting. That's almost a stumper. It's like red wine, but not, right? Yeah. Kale is very tricky. Mm-hmm. You may you may have me. I'm going to think about that during our break. 
Okay. And when we come back on Formula Wolf on Food and Wine, we are going back onto the Chicken Breast Olympics <laughs> on Formula Wolf on Food and Wine on WIPR. <laughs> Welcome back to Formula Wolf on Food and Wine. I'm Tony Foreman. And Chef Cindy Wolf. And so Cindy and I are talking chicken breast. Like, I got chicken breast at the store. I don't want to be boring. What am I going to do? <laughs> mm-hmm. And so we're running through a lot of different, so like, principle. I propose that we choose a principal product that you match up with okay. and then build the dish around that. And the last one was walnuts. I proposed to Cindy. And recap your dish because this completely. Okay. So kale like at first at first glance kind of stumped me wine wise. Okay, so the kale is wilted. You chiffonade it and you wilt it in uh, bacon fat, crispy bacon, and add pepper to it, and then it's served with, uh, and, that, and we finished it with crushed walnuts that we roasted in the oven. That mixture, and then it's served with chicken that's in a batter with um, black and white sesame seeds, uh, all-purpose flour, sparkling water, baking and soda, baking powder, and baking soda. And so the, the it's presented the the crispy chicken on top f- of the bed of the wilted kale with the bacon and the walnuts. All right, now I got it. I want to eat I that. Was, I was wrongheaded that because sounds so good. Th- there was something that made me feel like, oh, is it red? Is it Italian red? I'm like, no, I'm not going to fight fire with fire. I think it should be American. I, no, I, you need better acidity than than most okay. of what we do. All right. It could be the gewurztraminer that Analima makes in Oregon. Mm. Um, which is only very slightly off dry. That's American, Tony. <laughs> it is, but that is not my first choice. And Steve's a brilliant winemaker. And, mm-hmm. you it's know, your first choice for a lot of things, but not for this dish. Not for this dish. Okay. It actually ages really well, too. I've got a bunch of 2011 sitting in the cellar at home. That being said, uh, Wine Nerd comes out. What I would want is something that's a little bit off dry. From Alsace, there is a grape called Silvaner, and the the wine when made by Rolly Gassmann, his 2017, is very light but a bit unctuous at the same time. It's like flower nectar that's just slightly sweet and has a real lift to it uh, and great length. And I think would have no problem with the the bitter of the walnuts or the bitter of the um, kale. Okay. All righty. I'm going to be happy for that chicken. Happiness. So... It's your turn. It is. Okay. So ideas for chicken breasts, which apparently I thought at some point were also chicken legs, if you're listening in the last yeah, part. given to mixing up body parts. Okay. So <laughs> your next main ingredient is zucchini. I feel like it's password. Oh, yeah. The password is zucchini, Tony. Okay. All right. Go ahead. This is going to weird you out. <laughs> okay. I'm going to grind the chicken. Uh, that's fine. I'm going to add duck fat to it. Well, that sounds good. I'm going to make chicken burgers. Okay. How are you going to grind it? What are you going to grind it in? Food, food, food processor. processor. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just kind of, uh, 
as rough as I can get away with it in the food processor. You, you can, yeah, you can get it done. You know. I, I'd rather put it through a meat grinder, but, huh. and, and you know, you can buy those attachments. If you have like a KitchenAid, you can buy a grinder attachment for your house, which is nice. And, and I will cheat a little bit and I'll sweat a little bit of like white onion ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And then okay. toss it in there to to grind with. So duck fat, salt, ground duck onion, fat, ground chicken, salt, pepper, onion sweated, mm-hmm. not raw, and and the chicken. And for that burger, I'm gonna make zucchini fries. Oh, I love good. them. That's fun. Yeah, I like that. Because by the time you, if you get rid of the skins, you get rid of the seeds, mm-hmm. and you cut you know a medium sized zucchini into like long eighths, you end up with these long. You know, what looks almost like dragon beans or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and just lightly make a beignet batter that you've talked about a million times. Fry those guys. And you've got chicken burger. Maybe have like a little sweet potato bun or something like that for that. And, uh, you know, use some of your capers and make almost like a remoulade sauce mm-hmm. for on top of that and zucchini fries. That's good. Yes. I like that. That would be good. I would like a chicken burger. Yeah. Okay. That's if you're really, really nice to me, I'll make it for you. Because <laughs> now I want one too. <laughs> not going to happen. No, it's oh, not. All right. Okay. Since it's not going to happen, I have a special ingredient for you. <laughs> okay. What's that? Fava beans. No? Okay. No. Well, I thought I was reading your mind. What is it? No. Eggplant. Okay, good. I just made We're some on summer eggplant. vegetables. So yeah, I just made eggplant. Eggplant. <clears throat> so let's see. <sighs> well, we've talked about roasted eggplant quite a few times, so I won't go there. Yeah, no. No, we can't no, talk about that not. ever again. I love roasted eggplant. Cut them in half, brush them with extra virgin olive oil, which is rare that we cook with extra virgin olive oil and salt. And they act like sponges, just like mushrooms. So you roast them. You know, I did them last night in a 300-degree oven. We got some from one of the local farms. And um, it took about 25 minutes uh, to get them tender. They were small, really small eggplants, by the way. But anyway, so that is how you roast an eggplant, just so I've said it. And I take it out of the skin and then just do whatever I want to with it. I think um, I want to peel them. Um, you can peel them with a peeler, wash them really well. I mean, they, these were super dirty, which is, makes sense. They just came out of the ground so or off the plant and um, um, peel them and then dice it into a medium dice. I don't think you want to go small dice. It just becomes too tiny and turns into nothing uh, because it does sort of just melt away when you cook it. I love I, just eggplants fascinating to work with. And saute it in a little bit of uh, canola oil with salt and a little bit of pepper and just make almost like it, it will end up being almost like a, a fondue or a, a puree in the end. And, you know, I really, I really want you to cook it until it's nice and tender. And you can throw a piece of butter in near the end so that you do get a little bit of that richness um, in there. Not much, but just a little bit. And then finish it with a tiny bit of lemon juice so that there's interest in it. And... Um, and then I would also uh, consider it would be fun to fry a few pieces, but if you don't want to go to that, you don't want to get the oil out and you don't want to deal with it, um, you could you could uh, also uh, do a tomato relish for this um, because, again, I, I just keep thinking tomatoes because we have so many gorgeous ones around right now. Um, and eggplant tomato obviously is so good. I mean, ratatouille has peppers and eggplant and onions and garlic and fresh herbs and and um, tomatoes in it. So uh, this is a, just sort of a play on that in a way. And make a tomato relish. I would I would mondeer the tomatoes. Let's get rid of the skin everywhere on this dish. Stop, and to, stop for a second. Explain mondeer, Sure. Please. Mondeer means you cut a little. If there's a, Let's say it's a larger tomato. 
So you've got an X on the bottom of the tomato. You have your, your ice bath ready to go, a nice amount of water and ice, a good amount of it. So you can plunge your tomatoes in there after you've cooked them because you want to immediately stop the cooking process because you're not cooking the tomato. You're making it so you can pull the skin off very easily. That's a whole idea of mondeering a tomato. And so you have a big pot with boiling water. You put those tomatoes in there. It takes all of about 30 seconds. You'll see the skin start to loosen up. It kind of depends on what kind of tomato is and how thick those skins actually are. And then pull them out, go into the ice bath, let them cool down nicely, and then you can take that skin off like just with your hands. It's super easy. And then what I think would be really fun is I was talking about a relish, but now I'm going to backtrack. I'm going to cut those tomatoes in half, take out a little bit of the center, chop that up, um, mix it with a little bit of Reggiano, a little bit of breadcrumb, a little bit of basil and salt and pepper and stuff those things. That would be so good with that little bit. And then you can have that like eggplant fondue kind of thing on the bottom of the plate. Put that stuffed tomato on there. Slice the chicken, uh, roasted chicken breast or grilled. It can be grilled. Actually, I think I'd grill it for this. Grilled chicken breast all around. Nice thin slices laid around. Hit it all with a little bit of extra rich and olive oil. I think that would be yummy. Yummy fun. Or you could stuff the tomato with the eggplant fondue which would also be fun. And you could put some mozzarella in there. Diced mozzarella. I could keep going. <laughs> you, you, you are going. <laughs> that's, that's definitely a, like fat Provencal rosé. Okay. Summertime. Very cold. Buckets of it. Buckets. Responsibly. Right. Well, that sounds good. Okay. All right. Your next ingredient, Tony. Yes. Is local celery. Oh, I love celery. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, that takes me to to wanting to poach the chicken breast again, but serve them warm in this case and and make the the stock that they're being poached in heavy on the celery, heavy on onion, some fennel. Mm. Mm-hmm. Very, 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 you know, happy aromatic stuff. Poach that till just done and then a little clarified butter in a pan Toss it around, get a little crispy on the outside, just a tiny little. Take the poached you know, chicken out of the poaching the poach liquid and, and and get it a little bit golden. Okay. And then it's just a matter of what else you want to play with. Sorry. You know, is it? Well, I mean, is it a little like uh, fat brioche crouton that you do? <laughs> that you do around? You do like a perfect slice of the supreme there. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I'm going to be the one to do it, not you. And a slice of one of those Australian truffles that you're getting, mm. or New Zealand truffles that you're getting right mm-hmm. now. Australian, yes. You know, with some crunchy salt on top of that guy. Mm-hmm. Just like a perfect little canopy. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if you if you wrap the chicken tight and you get it so that that form is pretty round when you poach it. Yeah, that would be fun. You know, that, but just think about it, just warm, just finished in butter on that little buttery brioche toast mm-hmm. with that truffle slice on it. Hmm. I Yum. think I bet you would eat that. I love it. Oh, you know I would eat that. I'd go make that right <laughs> now if I could. Oh my gosh! I was thinking you were talking about truffles. Um, you wanted to bring them up instead it's of funny. me. It's funny. I'm so the one with the butter and the truffles, <laughs> and you're the one with the olive oil. So uh, I was thinking, you know, it would be really good. And I'm going to give my own ingredient: um, squash blossoms. We can still get them, which is so exciting. I feel like it's just such a short window. But with a chicken breast, um, do the fried squash blossoms. Do the chicken breast, like again, grilled or roasted, whichever doesn't matter. I wouldn't poach it um, or roast it in the oven and um, 
and do shaved, which I never do because I like the texture of a truffle. But I was thinking about this yesterday when I was trying to come up with chicken breast ideas. But put the squash blossom on top of the chicken breast and then just shave truffle on top of it. So you're not using that much and just perfuming the whole thing and then hit the dish with a little beurre blanc. <laughs> oh, that sounds so good. Squash blossoms and truffles and chicken and beurre blanc. All right. So since you're breaking all the rules, <laughs> the, the thing I'm – the thing I'm thinking about, it's, and it's a strange idea. You remember Bocuse's uh, uh, chicken in a pig's bladder? Oh, yeah. Right? Yes. So when, when you roast something like that, it's incredibly moist, right? Mm-hmm. That chicken is it's stuffed with really aromatic things, and then— It's cooked in a situation where it steams the whole yeah, time. Yeah, it steams the entire time. Right, in that bladder so was w- that looks like a balloon. Mm-hmm. What will come in September, pumpkins— Oh, I can't wait. So what if... For September. Yeah. <laughs> in October. So what if, you know, the, make a stuffing with the nice mushrooms that are around, you know, and, and, and the green garlic that comes at that time of the year mm-hmm. and roasted chicken. Yeah, and you have to clean out that pumpkin, I think. Mm-hmm. But roasted chicken and like a rouge pumpkin, I think it's the right shape. Okay. Has some size to it. That would be fun. You know? Yeah, I think that I that, like that I think that might be very interesting. Well, that's forward thinking. All right, so we can plan for that. That's, the that's honestly, it's kind of backward thinking, but it's just thinking what <laughs> I like cooking. Me- you know, you think you're thinking about okay, here's a product, mm-hmm. and we've talked about a lot of different cooking methods, and it's it's funny. And the thing that like the instinct is, I mean, we talked about roasting in the pan, which is very straightforward. We talked about grilling it, which is pretty straightforward. Those are always just about what is your poaching, te- technical frying. facility doing those things. Mm-hmm. But poaching, frying, poaching, serving it warm, serving it cold, poaching and finishing it a different way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so fun. now I want to put a chicken in a pumpkin. Okay. I want to taste that. I bet it's going to be good. And I want to make a puree out of that pumpkin. I will say if you can ever travel to Bakus and have that dish, it is really one of the most amazing things you'll uh, and you, and they present it tableside so you get to see the chicken in the bladder you know and then they carve it and everything and it's just it's such a spectacular dish and they're so good at making it of course because they're amazing well i mean it's perfectly moist i mean you never have to that's what's the thing you worry about you know you worry about with poultry is like oh is it dry right because it's so lean you know how do i roast something that has essentially no fat in a pan mm-hmm. and and get it to not be dry but get it to be cooked yeah. Well, and also we should talk about quality of chicken. I mean, it, there's not a lot of choices out there, um, but there are some that are quite quite good. And, um, you know, there's product that you can buy online through some purveyors that the farmers are doing some very special stuff with. You know, the chickens are free. Oh. They're, they're free range. They're eating really good product. That, that green, in that, the green in that, circle. The green circle. Those green circle chickens. That are, are smaller. Amazing. One of those guys. Mm-hmm. One of those guys in that pumpkin. Yeah, that well, and also I'm getting poussin right now, and oh, those are some of the best little chickens I've ever tasted. And um, I so those those are younger, like 16 weeks. Right, they're very young, and they're tiny, and they're just so sweet and clean. I mean, the flavor is just so crisp and clear. I mean, it's just so delicious. They've not developed the bad attitude of their <laughs> teen years. <laughs> anyway, when we come back on Former Wolf on Food and Wine, we're going to throw a last couple of chicken thoughts in there. Uh, talk about matching wines to chicken in general. And then, if Cindy's nice, we'll do a chef's challenge. <laughs> All of that and more on Former Wolf on Food and Wine on WIPR. 
Welcome back to Foreman and Wolf on Food and Wine. I'm Tony Foreman. And Chef Cindy Wolf. And Cindy, so we're we're deep into chicken right now, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking about chicken breast preparations. Like you get home, you have stuff from the store, and you're like, I'm bored. So what do you think? What, why buy what kind of chicken? It's, it's up there in a million ways in the case, right? Right. Well, you know, I think it, what matters is always is the life of the of the of the bird, you know. Was it stress-free for one thing? Was it hormone-free? All of those things that we look for now in our food product. And, yeah, so if you can find something that's free-range um, and something that's getting a chance to eat some, you know, nice, healthy product and uh, and what the things they like to eat when they're free-ranging as well. So it's I think that's, um, you know, some of the products like Smart Chicken, like the Green Circles, those are, you know, nice, healthy, good products. And it shows in the taste of the chicken. Like I, I used the word clean, and I, I know that, you know, maybe is kind of weird to say, but it's it's such a clear, crisp flavor, you know? But it has more flavor. Yeah, and, and more. And if you can find a young chicken, I think that those are pretty delicate, and they, they also have they have good flavor. They tend to be sweeter almost in tone. Um, and it's kind of fun to have something like a poussin because then you're roasting these little birds, and, you know, you it's just it's, 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 it's something different um, as far as a chicken goes. But, yeah, just look for something that's high quality. Um, if you can afford to, the better you can buy, the better you're going to like it. That's all it comes down to. And I, I bought those poussons the other day, and I fried the breasts, which I've never done before. Uh, the last time I served them, I served them whole for two people. Um, and uh, they're just so good, roasted whole on the bone. But I wanted to do something different, and I thought, wow, it would be fun because we used to serve chicken, uh, fried chicken at the restaurant for many years and don't do it anymore. And I'm like, oh, can you imagine a fried little, you know, poussin breast, that would be delicious. And then I made coquevin from the the thighs and the legs and all the bones and, you know, roasted the bones and made a great stock. And it was a lot of fun. It, the the little, and it was such a cute little portion uh, for the coquevin. And that turned out really nicely. And I garnished it. Um, typically, you would use button mushrooms, uh, a pearl onion and lardon bacon uh, is a traditional garnish for uh, coquevin. And I also, I did all of those things I did use chipolinis instead of the pearl onions, and I added chanterelles. We had little button chanterelles, and that was a really nice addition to the cocoa but not traditional. Not exactly, but sounds delicious. It's at the other end of the age range for uh, cocoa Exactly. I mean, like, it's the exact opposite of what you're supposed to be making yeah. out of cocoa which is an old spent bird, yeah, yeah, right? N- not cocoa No. <laughs> <laughs> so what... What in, what because we did this in the, the the way that we did it, where we gave each other ingredients. What's the thing that you really wanted to work with? I think I think what's cor- the thing that you're dying to work with with a chicken dish, and what is that dish? Well, right now, corn is just. I mean, I ate a bowl of corn before I left the kitchen last night. We just got some of the best. I mean, I literally had to message someone that I know that loves corn because I'm like, you should be here right now because. This is some of the best corn I've corn tasted since I was unite. a kid. Yeah. yeah, and um you know I grew up in Indiana where they produce tremendous sweet corn and my mom used to, you know, just drive down the road to the farmer's stand and pick pick corn and then she'd bring it home and cook it and we'd eat it for dinner, you know, with butter on the cob and and she'd probably make chicken or something for it. You know, it would be something very simple dinner, but we'd eat a lot of corn. And I I have fond memories. Well, the other thing she would do is boil shrimp. That was another thing she would make for 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 boiled corn on the cob. Um, we just have boiled shrimp and, and peel and eat that. And she'd probably make cocktail sauce for that. But um, anyway, so I had corn last night and it was just so good. And I was thinking I bought um, 
off the chicken breast topic, I bought Corbudo pork uh, racks to serve tonight. <laughs> and so I have corn on the brain. So for chicken breast, I, I would make spoon bread. And I like spoon bread made no, from- No, I love spoon bread me, so much. Me, me too. It's, it's, I just, I love polenta, period. Um, I love ground corn, whether it's corn bread, you know, cornmeal being used in some way, polenta being used in some way. So uh, when I make spoon bread, I make it in a, in a, a lighter way, if you will, than how it used to be made. So it would have been sort of more dense and done in a big dish and served on a sideboard and you would spoon it out and eat it, whether it was for breakfast or lunch or dinner. I make mine with cream, uh, polenta, a tiny bit of chicken stock and whole eggs and egg yolks, salt and pepper. And you have to cook the polenta for a few minutes before you add the eggs. So I usually cook it about five minutes. It just kind of gets the polenta going. Um, typically, if we make creamy polenta, it takes 40 minutes on low and slow, as we say, low and slow, low heat, very slowly, stirring a lot. So to only cook it for about five minutes gets it started before it goes into the oven. All right, so we're going to do it in um, souffle cups, you know, ramekins, whatever you want to call them. You make the mixture, you cook the uh, cream and the polenta together with the salt and pepper, add a little bit of chicken stock, and then you whisk in whole eggs and yolks, and you put it into the ramekins, and you put it in a water bath and bake it at a 275-degree oven for about 25 to 30 minutes. And I don't like to put corn in there. I, I like it to be that silky, smooth texture. So I would like to introduce the roasted corn into the dish. And I, quite frankly, just saute it in butter with salt and pepper. There's nothing better. It doesn't need anything else. And then just have like a whole line of that corn on the plate. You have your, your, uh, your spoon bread turned out from the custard dish. And then you have, uh, I, would, I would roast the chicken breast and um, have that laid out, sliced, whatever you want to do to it. And you don't need anything else. That's it. It's delicious. You could add greens to the plate if you wanted. Um, but I just, that sounds good to me. Summer dish. It's funny. For my, my girls always want polenta. But in the summer, they always want fresh corn polenta. So while you're cooking the polenta, you can cut the kernels off the cob and just add them there towards the end of the cycle. Mm -hmm. And oh my goodness. That's that's the best landing place for a piece of, you know, salmon roasted in the pan, or a piece of rockfish, or sure. certainly a chicken breast. I'm just thinking mm, with the chicken breast, maybe a handful of cherry tomatoes roasted in the pan. Mm -hmm. That would be just nice. Just a little warm and kind of bursting, you know, to go with that. A little plate of summertime. That's what it's all about. Lots of fun stuff right now. It's a good time to be cooking and eating. So wine with chicken. Depends so much about the preparation because you can run from delicate whites to rich reds for mm -hmm. sure. Okay. The, the chicken with the corn, it's that other ingredient that kind of dictates it, honestly. Corn always, to me, wants American Chardonnay, like good, rich American Chardonnay. And, you know, those popcorn-y flavors that- Yeah, that sounds great. That, that makes sense with- um, you know, it went, when it was apricots, then it's like, oh, let's look at Alsace. Let's look at you know, let let whatever that ingredient is. If you're grilling and it's with peppers and it's spicy, it's you need a red that's zesty. You know, that the primitivo or something like that. It, what you don't need is a huge amount of tannin in a red wine ever. Right. Yeah. And what you don't need is a white wine that's shrill because there's always richness to the 
you know, the... That kind of buttery, wonderful, breast, yeah. beautiful... Yeah, but that's rich. it's it's the preparation that really that leads it, and I think that that like what is my lead ingredient? What am I showing off? Mm-hmm. Besides the what am I setting off against the chicken? Yeah, because it's so neutral. Chicken because soup. that then that's the thing, that's your triumvirate, right? Got it. Yeah, makes sense. The flavor of that wine, that works, Tony. I think we should do a chef challenge. You think so? Yeah, I think that would be fun. You so, think you're up to it? Yeah. So here you go, Tony. Did you get some breakfast? There's your, there's your product. <laughs> I'm first? Yes. What in the world is going on? All right. Okay. Oh, cantaloupe. Man, I had a hard time learning to spell that when I was a kid. (laughs) Really? That's funny. It always looks like cantaloupe to me. Sure. Cantaloupe, heirloom tomato, peaches, blackberries. Oh, man, the blackberries are good this year. Mm -hmm. Zucchini, corn, badger flame beets. You love those guys. Uh, Genovese basil, extra virgin olive oil, lemon verbena, canary melon, chicken breast, salt, and pepper. I had to add the chicken breast, and <laughs> I almost didn't give you the chicken breast because I'm like, I just want you to have to do vegetables and fruit, but that's all you get to work with. You just did. You may not have any other ingredient other than what's on that list, a real chef's challenge. So, okay. No. And we're not, a, that's the rule. Okay. That's the rule. <laughs> Um, Tony's got a big sigh coming. <laughs> He's going to cry in a minute. May I have salt? Yes, I have salt <laughs> on here. Salt Sorry. and pepper. All right. Um, I, well, one, I, I want to make a first course salad. And I want it with the, the cantaloupe, the heirloom tomatoes, and the peaches. I'm going to reserve a little bit of heirloom. Um, maybe if there are any green heirlooms like evergreens or mm-hmm. something like that. I want to put a little bit of that to the side. But I want a pretty equal balance between the cantaloupe, the heirloom tomato, and the peaches. I think the the sweetness, the acid, and the that that muskiness that the cantaloupe can have. I think if you get the balance right, they can be very interesting with just uh, some of the basil, some of the extra virgin olive oil. I think that's that's fun. The, the canary melon is a bit of an outlier. That, that's not going to make part of that balance work. Canary melon has a very different flavor. Yeah, I've got that. That one's one to sort out because zucchini, the corn, the the beets, zucchini and corn are easy. I mean, I guess really you, there's a bit of a succotash that you could make if you could just boil those beets off, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe put some vinegar in the in the water, give them a little you bit d- of a pickly you, edge. But you don't have vinegar. I don't. I no. said you could, but you can't. You can't. <laughs> So yeah, you could make sorbet from the canary melon or an ice, yeah. a granite. I guess not a sorbet. No, but a yeah, that's what what I want is a landing place for the uh, for the chicken breast. So zucchini, corn, badger flame beets, is, and a, a bit of a succotash. Actually, I like I, I like that idea. Um, chicken breast. Well, you gave me black pepper, so I'm definitely going to do you, a solid job of. You need to use that. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to pound that chicken breast, and I'm going to. And I'm I'm gonna give it a pretty good pepper crust, and uh, and I'm gonna make a little relish with a canary melon, and the verbena. And there's no onion product here. God bless America. Oh well, I'll make a <laughs> a very simple relish with the melon, with the canary melon and the verbena, uh, for that black peppery, spicy, you know, crispy, thin chicken breast, on top of the. 
succotash, the zucchini, the corn, and the badge flame beets. Okay. So there you go. And here is yours. Okay. And you can use anything you might oh. have in your kitchen at home. <laughs> All right. Because bon- one of us is much kinder than the other. Bon- boneless, skinless chicken breast, sweet potatoes, guanciale, sage, fresh, Tuscan, black kale. That's funny. Garlic, onion, shallot, Roma tomatoes, ricotta. Ricotta. Extra virgin olive oil, grapefruit, red wine vinegar. Okay. And oh, anything you might have in your kitchen. Ready. And your pantry. Sweet potatoes. Not one of my favorite ingredients. In the garden. Mm. Roast the sweet potatoes in the oven until they're nice and tender. Obviously, you have to rub them with a little corn oil. You need to poke them with a fork and wrap them in foil and roast them like that. And then take the meat out of the skin and pass it through a tammy. Yeah. And then I'm going to saute the onion, shallot, and garlic. Garlic. Um, I like the butter poached garlic, so I'll saute the onion and shallot in a small dice. Butter poach the garlic, add it to the sweet potato, and I'm going to fry the sage. So I'll just make it crispy and a little bit of corn oil on the stove. And I will then I will um, garnish the sweet potato puree with the crispy sage and the guanciale and a julienne. And I will wilt. No butter, no cream? No. N- nope. Um, I will wilt. I will really chiffonade the kale. Tuscan black kale and saute that in, I don't know what, I guess a little bit of corn oil you, since you I can, can use whatever use I want. whatever's in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And then deglaze with the, the red wine vinegar you gave me. And quite frankly, I'm going to supreme the grapefruit and I'm going to add that to the kale. God, I think that might be fun. And uh, I'm going to take the ricotta and just wash the plate with it. So what's going to happen is, is the ricotta, I'm going to spread it on like half of the plate. And then that that uh, sweet potato puree will go on there with the guanciale and the crispy sage. And then the Tuscan kale will go next to it with that hint of um, <clears throat> grapefruit and red wine vinegar. Not too much because it'll just make it too acidic. But the ricotta will help to calm everything down and sort of bring it all together. And the only thing I have left is the chicken. Oh, I did everything. Okay, so it's one dish. And then it's a boneless, skinless chicken breast. So I will... Uh, Grill it, sorry. <laughs> so I will grill the chicken breast and um, lay it on With top. With raspberries, yeah. No. No, <laughs> there are no raspberries on here. <laughs> That's it. Okay, I did it. While you were talking about that, I was thinking about the ricotta. And I was thinking about what what you have in your kitchen and what you have in your, in your garden. You have all those edible flowers in your garden. Mm-hmm. What about, like, fresh ricotta? With uh, a, all just about a puree or a grind of a, an awful lot of those flowers <laughs> and a little bit of a neutral oil and a little honey, could be that would be pretty. Uh, could like be really good honey, local honey. That would be fun. So, anyway, that's that's all the chicken business we have for today. <laughs> that's enough chicken. <laughs> if you want to listen to this uh, episode of Formidable Wolf on Food and Wine, go to the WIPR website wypr.org look for the Foreman Wolf page and there is a dandy menu of family favorites mm-hmm. available for your listening pleasure if you want to follow Chef Cindy Wolf on social media you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook as Chef Wolf my Instagram is the real Tony Foreman and thanks for listening happy Sunday <laughs>